Hey, and thanks for tuning in. This is Karen Gray, and I want to welcome you to the Rock Movers. As I interview these amazing women who are moving rocks for people in their world, I can't wait to share their stories. But you're not sure what a rock mover is? A rock mover is a woman that's doing what others say is impossible. She achieves goals that were once only dreams. She's probably a mom, wife, sister, friend, CEO, entrepreneur. She's an all-around badass. Want to meet more rock movers? Come join us. Okay, we are all set. Um, rock movers, I am so excited to share my guest today. Today we have the amazing Jennifer Loading. Did I say that correctly, Jen? You did. Yes, awesome. So Jen is among all things an amazing, amazing woman, but she is a health and business coach, blogger, podcast host, speaker, and author. She and her husband have three children, some of whom share her passion for running, which she'll tell you a little bit about here in a minute. But um, within the last year, last half year, this intrepid entrepreneur has written a book, started a podcast and built her memoir of Beat the Toughest Obstacles. Wow, I'm so stumbling over my words today. Um, it, this highlights the period in her life when she was able to recover from the pain and frustration that comes with a diagnosis of atypical TN, which she's going to tell us about as well. After years of getting no answers from the medical professionals, Jennifer decided to find the best path to healing for herself relentless research and dogged determination. And I'm gonna stop right there because you have so much to share with us, but dogged determination, I think says everything about you and exactly what a rock mover is. So um, kick us off by telling us, how are you moving the rocks for people that you come across, your clients, your family, and for yourself these days? Oh my gosh. Yeah, thank you. I love this question, by the way. I think it's such a fun, powerful question because it just really, you know, like when you ask that question, like, what are you doing? It comes to mind, like, how are you making a difference? Like, what are you doing in this world, especially with everything going on right now? How are you making a difference, right? And so yeah. for me to answer that, you know, I, what I say to everybody that I talk to, everything that I do is just a little piece of my big message, my podcast, my speaking, my coaching, it's all just this little piece of my big message. And that is to show that ordinary people can do extraordinary things if they really choose to do them and live extraordinary lives. So it's really for me about pouring into people and showing them that if they really want to have that dog determination, whatever that is, whether it's getting through a health crisis, changing their financial situation, changing their business, they really can do this if they want to put their mind to it and make a difference. So it's, it's about impact and influence for me all the way. 100%. I, I cannot agree with you more. And being in the coaching world, we see that so often, like daily, every session we see how just making a small impact has those ripple effects. Would you agree? Absolutely. It's like the butterfly effect. I talk about it in my book. <laughs> Everything you do, yes. resonates. it resonates. And, and it's so, yes. when you think from the coaching perspective, I, you know, mm -hmm. I always say like, I'm this big holistic thinker. I think big, wide, you know, deep. 
And I think about just the, the little things that we do, how they have such an incredible impact on not just us, but we may think it's so insignificant, but it can make a difference in so many lives. It trickles down like dominoes. So hundred yeah. percent, I agree with you. So um, on your podcast, you've got these amazing people who are just having another ripple effect and, and influence in their lives. Um, tell me a little bit about, or tell me someone that has just made such a huge impact in your life, someone that you've interviewed or coached or a mentor. Um, but I'm really curious on your, your podcast because I think, um, well, let me take a step back. What I do with this Rock Movers podcast is give people a platform, give them an opportunity to share what it is they're doing to move those rocks. And when I look down at your topics and the, the things that you're covering in this podcast, I'm just like, that's moving rocks and that's moving rocks and that's mo like, I'm just like blown away by these people on your podcast and the things that that we're doing as humans for other humans in this world um, that's so positive and it's so simple yet impactful. And so I'm really curious like who really struck you the most or what comes to mind first? Cause I'm sure they're all amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They are so amazing. And you know, and it's so interesting. If you look at them, they are so diverse. They're, they're all different. But the thing that I say with each of them is they all have a piece of my core value. Like they represent a piece of me in some way, whether it's, you know, and anybody listening to my podcast, we always started off with whether you're starting a business brand movement or a project we're here to talk about. It. So I am all about innovation, industriousness, resourcefulness, creation, all of the things, because to me, the people that are doing those are moving rocks. They're movers and they're shakers. They're making a difference in this world. They're not waiting for things to happen. They're creating things. So, you know, when I think about all of these people that have come into my space and I have so many great stories. Like I tell people, I was making a joke yesterday when I was recording about how I'm a storyteller. Like I collect little nuggets of wisdom from all of these incredible people, you know? But when I think about some of them, I mean, I've had, you know, Dawn Grunagle was a, a fun one that came onto my show where she was a three-time three Olympic trial qualifier, competed in Atlanta in February. And one of the things I use her story a lot because one of the questions we asked her, and at this time I had a co-host with me, but we asked her, you know, when you're at that starting line and you're lined up against all these elite runners, the best of the best in the marathon, you know, series running race, what are you thinking? And she referred to this tool belt. She talked about she relied on her training, all the work that she had done and putting these tools in her tool belt. And that's what she would fall back on. So I use her story a lot when I'm talking to people about really just building your superpower, having that confidence. But I've had, oh my goodness, so many great people. I had a guy that came on that was a both a world and American record holder for the 100 trail mile race. It'd been on Joe Rogan's podcast. And, and he told a great story about just having that tenacity and persistence to, to push through. So, so many great people. I mean, I could sit here all day and talk stories. <laughs> I've collected many of them over the past year. So it's been yeah. fun. So you talk about, um, that you're, you're about starting a brand, starting a, a business or starting a movement. Um, what's the key thing that someone that's listening to this podcast should know about getting started? 
I think it all starts with the decision in the head. I think ultimately everything starts with the space between the ears. And I had a guy on my show yesterday, owns Tiger Dens CrossFit in the design district here in Dallas. And he was talking about that, how when we're committing to things, we sometimes just don't flip that switch. Like we partially commit. I say that it's almost like we, we make this contract with ourselves, but we don't sign on the dotted line. Like we don't, it's, it's if it's convenient or it's gonna work, we're gonna do it. So for yeah. me, I think it's really just resolving to make a decision. It's that you're, but here's, here's the key to that making that decision. You understand that the failure does not define you. You are exploring your options and you're going to do this with the expectation that it's probably gonna be difficult. It's okay, because you know you're stronger. So it's, it's yeah. the decision ultimately, 100%. That's so good, so good. Um, so what's the best decision that you made and what created that, that reason for that decision to get to where you are today? I think that's a good question. I like that. I have had two, I've had lots of decisions and I've had two that have been very major, but I will tell you the biggest decision I made was in 2016 when I decided to take my health under control was when I decided to stop relying on modern medicine and go to work to, to solve my health crisis. When I really just said, this is it, do or die, you gotta figure this out. That, that single-handedly, because I wouldn't be here today if I, if I had not made that decision. I wouldn't be here to talk to you today. Yeah, I feel like um, most of the stories we hear about these people who've had amazing success, people like yourself, and I mean, let's throw out some big names, Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. and, oh my gosh, John Maxwell, like you, you hear about their stories and they were at a point where they were up against a wall or up against insurmountable odds and basically had no plan B. Right. Like it's this or nothing. Right. Do you feel like that's where people have to get before they can make that kind of decision? I don't know that they have to get there, but I think that that's where authenticity comes. I think when you, you know, I always say, and you know this from being a coach, people are, are moved by two things. They make change, as you said, when they're pinned against a wall. And it's usually when they're pulled to get better or, or pushed, you know, pushed to get better or pulled by longing to do something. And in my case, yeah. I was both. I, I had to get better because I physically couldn't keep doing what I was doing. And I wanted to be able to have that impact. So I, I, I don't know that they had to. I think some people maybe you're a little smarter than I was, you know, got there. <laughs> but I do think that the one thing, you know, that, that I say for me is that my gift has always been to get people excited about things. And I never really had the platform or, or the reason or the want to do that. I didn't know how to do that. And having that story, not that I would wish that on anybody, nor would I love to go through that again. I think it gave me the superpower. It gave me the confidence that I can say, hey, you can walk through something. You can do hard things. You can get through it because I've walked it. I've done it and I can show you how to get on the other side of it. So I, I hope that people don't have to, but I do think it gives us the authenticity to be able to bring to somebody and say, we walked through you know, a fire pit and we came out on the other yeah. side and be able to say that I can, I can give you the tools to, to make that happen for you too. If that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally makes sense. And I'm so glad that, that you feel that way too. Because I think sometimes the excuse that we give ourselves is that I haven't reached that point of I'm back against a wall and I, I have other options. So I need to explore those options right, right now. 
And so they're kind of waiting for that bottom. And I think that's the great news that we can share. You don't have to wait for the bottom. Mm-hmm. No. You just have to make that decision and be committed and be all in. And um, I think that that you're so right. It's just a hundred percent, you know, mindset in, in our brain. And I see that over and over again with coaching. Absolutely. hundred percent. It's transformational. And really, I mean, I've experienced it. Once I made the decision that I didn't have any options, that's when I would commit to something. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're usually in a place where it's painful to not commit mm-hmm. either painful because you have that fear of missing out or you have the, um, just the feeling that, you know, this is burning in my soul and I got to do it, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Right. Um, Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about this diagnosis that you got and, and what, like, I don't know, just what is that? Right? Yeah. What is <laughs> yeah, it? Like it's a mouthful. Yeah, it's such a weird word, is it not? It's like, if you don't know what it is, you don't know what it is. And what's so crazy about this whole diagnosis, at the time that I was diagnosed with it, there wasn't these groups on Facebook like we have now. So I didn't really, I didn't know a single person that had, that had it. And, and it's so interesting that now that, you know, when I talk about it, somebody who's had somebody in their family with it will immediately go, it isn't trigeminal neuralgia. And, and I'll say, yeah, and they'll go, oh, that's bad. So, um, but yeah, my trigeminal neuralgia is actually a nerve condition that it, you have a nerve in the back of your neck, it stems up and it branches into three nerves in the face. So the lower jaw, upper jaw, top of the head. So anything from eating, putting your makeup on, brushing your hair, touching your face, anything, smiling, cold air, anything that triggers those nerves can trigger pain in any one of the region of those nerves. And so mine was actually trigger. We, we don't, I, because I had an atypical case, which means a typical case, you would have a nerve that's compressed in your brain somewhere. I don't have that. I have an atypical because mine was triggered after going to a dentist. So we don't really know what happened if it was already there and the dentist actually triggered it or did they cause some kind of nerve damage did they do something but i went in for a routine i had a silver filling taken out of my mouth and five months later i walked myself into an er and the doctor said or the pa at the time said you may want to go see a neurologist i, ha- I think you have something called trigeminal neuralgia and by the time i had gone in to do this i had already kind of started researching you can probably tell i'm a researcher like i do my homework so i had already yeah. heard this topic kind of spinning around and i was just praying to god that wasn't the diagnosis that it was not that because they label it a suicide disease it is so painful and so i am um, ended up wrestling with that for about four years. I was in and out of the doctors, the hospital. They ended up putting me on six different medications, including opiates and benzos. And so my life went from being, you know, this active mom of a 16, 12 and eight year old to basically a surviving mom, like a mom that was doing everything she could to get out of bed in the morning. I mean, that's where I was. And so I always talk about this rock bottom place that I had hit and hit because if anybody's ever been through depression or just really hit rock bottom, they know that feeling where it's like at that time, had there been a gun sitting on the table or something that would have been easily accessed and I didn't have children that needed me to be there. I don't know that I would have made it today because just getting out of bed every day was hard. And 
you know, there's that little bit of fire in me, that little bit of, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't give up easily. I just don't give up. And so I really, you know, I would go into these doctor's offices and these doctors would tell me, you know, if you'd stop having anxiety, you wouldn't have to have the benzos and your blood pressure would come down. And I'm like, well, if you get rid of the pain and help me figure out how to solve this, we won't have this. So it was this vicious cycle of me being told I was crazy, me being in pain. I will tell you, I had one really good doctor. It was my pain specialist. He was probably the most practical doctor I had out of all of them because when I walked into his office, he said, Jennifer, we've got to get your blood pressure down. You can't function. We've got to get this down so you can function. And of course, you know, he puts me on medication. The neurologist and him were arguing about the treatment because they couldn't decide she wanted me off. He said, realistically, I need to keep you here. And so, um, but he was very good because he was patient and he worked with me. I, I remember messaging him at the gym, from the gym one day on the treadmill. And I'm like, Dr. Gajra, I cannot stay on this dose of opiates because I can't even walk on the treadmill. Like I can't function, you know? Um, but long story short, I ended up, you know, I got fed up. I went into a doctor in December of 2015. And by this point, I had lost a bunch of weight. I'd had my gallbladder taken out. I write about in my book how this was almost like how I imagined someone with cancer. Very, very sick yeah. from all the medication, but needed the medication to be out of pain. And so I was in this cycle of mess. And so mm -hmm. I walked into this doctor's office and, and I note this in the book. She came in and she said, Jennifer, you're a conundrum. We don't know what to do with you. This is almost four years after I started this journey. And so that was that day when you asked me about that important decision, I walked out and I was standing there and I said, Jennifer, you've got to do something like you cannot continue another year down this pattern. We have to do something different. So I got busy and just started, you know, working with holistic practitioners, doing research and just one thing kind of led to another, led to another. And I ended up ultimately um, doing a ketogenic diet for 22 months and was able to get off all those medications and put that nerve pain into remission. So I'm still pain-free and medicine-free as of today, thankfully. Woo. So something worked. <laughs> something worked that's along a, the way. That's an amazing and inspirational story that I have no doubt that many, many, many women can relate to just that chronic pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, people in general, but women especially, we tend to have these chronic pain issues and maybe it's not trigeminal neuralgia. Is that right? Exactly. You got it. Good job. Yay. Okay. I practiced that a little bit, but I really was saying the first one totally wrong before, but, um, but we have these things, whether it's fibromyalgia or just these other things that feel right. like, you know, you're going crazy because you can't validate or put a, a fingerprint on what's going to do and you can't just fix it right. um, overnight. So I think it's such a, an example that you've given us of just the, the dogged determination mm -hmm. of becoming your own advocate becoming, mm -hmm. you know, your own detective and figuring out what's going to work for your body and not giving up until you find an answer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of, I mean, fibromyalgia was one of the things I had looked, I mean, I had looked into so many different things mm -hmm. and you're right. There's no classic test for these kinds of things. There's no, I mean, yeah, if you walk in and have an MRI done and they find a compressed nerve, then yes, score, we've got, we've got that. I hoped for so long that when they did those MRIs, they would find something. So at least I know, okay, there it is, let's snip it, let's cut it out, we can fix this. Yeah. There wasn't any of that. So they didn't have anything. They had to go solely off, and they do this with a lot of these chronic conditions, they go solely off your symptoms. 
You know, so you've got doctors who believe that pain is manifested in the head, which it is. Pain is, some of it is manifested in our head, you know, but there's no doubt that trigeminal is a real condition, just like fibromyalgia. These are real conditions. The goal here is that you've got to figure out how are you going to get around that? And that's what I worked on. And that's really what my book is. In fact, I, I joked about it the other day that I need to do like a 2.0 because I learned some more things as I was going along that I really didn't have doubt. Like I didn't have the words for them when I wrote the book. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, the ultimate thing I tell everybody was the decision. It was a decision that I was going to get better at all costs. I was going to make myself get better. But then I went to work and did the research. And I mean, I, well, I say it was all the diet. It was a big chunk of that, but there was a lot. I mean, I did meditation. I did a lot of gratitude journaling. I did a lot of things in there to really support myself and put me in a higher way of thinking so that I could be more positive and really change that outlook. And even now I tell people, you know, it flares up every once in a while, a little bit. I, I I've never had it bad. Like it was like that. Um, not even close to where I've even had to take anything, but I think it's also because my, my expectation is I don't get sick. I don't allow myself. You know, I just have a very different mindset about it than I did before. It's not going to take me down. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. Power of the mind. Amazing. Amazing. So your book, Beat the Toughest Obstacles, um, they can find it on your website. They can find it at Amazon.com. Yeah. Where else can they get it? That's the two places. I, I don't two have places. it out. Okay. Yeah. You can go to my website or go to Amazon. It's the easiest. It's okay. a cheap there. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, um, maybe we can get you to do an audiobook because I love to travel and have the, have the author. I love it when the author author does the um the transcribing on those books. Yeah. So I'm with you. Really I love them, love them, love them. So, um, what else do you want our listeners to know about you? I'm gonna share this on our YouTube channel too, so it'll be out there, but. What do you want them to know about you, the difference that you feel like helped, whatever helped you to overcome um, the things that have happened to you? Because I know that that's a huge part of what happened, but you're not just that diagnosis. Right. And there's so much more, so many more layers. So um, I just, I see you and I see your podcast and I'm like, this amazing woman is out there kicking ass. Just. There's Thank no you. other description for that. You are making an impact. You are helping people, but it's more than just a decision and a diagnosis. What else, what else do you want them to know that they I, can take away and maybe apply? Yeah, I think you have to find your calling. I really feel like you have to, you know, one of the big things, and I think I shared this with you off camera, one of the big light bulb moments that I had for me, you know, having come from the network marketing industry, I had been, you know, in network marketing 18 years before I bridged into this coaching. And so I had always, that was the only thing I knew. I started in my late 20s, you know, came out of college, got married, had kids, started network marketing because I thought this was a great entrepreneurial, a way to get myself and have that autonomy and all of that. You know, and when I started bridging into this other space, I really had to do a lot of soul searching. But one of the big defining moments for me after I come through this health crisis and really started working on personal development is I did the strength finders. And I had had a friend that kept kind of nagging at me to take it. And I was like, you know, I've done these personality tests. What makes this one different? But, you know, I always feel like when you're ready to receive, you receive. The teacher shows up when you need the teacher to show up. Until then, it doesn't matter if the teacher shows up because you're not ready for it. 
I was, I can actually tell you, I was sitting on my, I was walking on my treadmill when I was reading this and I looked at like my top five and went through them. And I, I don't remember, like, I'd have to pull the book out again to tell you what they all are, but basically, you know, I'm a, I'm an enterpriser. I'm an idea generator. I am a creative person. I'm also very social. I like, I like getting to know people's stuff, like their stories. And that is what I love about the podcast is that I get to take people's stories and how do I put them out there for them? Like, how do I create that and showcase them and make them look superhuman almost. Right. So for me, it was really about finding the things that I was really good at, like what are the things that I'm passionate and I'm good at, you know, and I joke about this because as a young child, like I can tell you so many stories about getting in trouble for talking in school. Like I was that kid, <laughs> my voice was always heard because it was loud. I always had lots to say. And I was the kid that was always creating clubs and groups and like, we're going to make things and we're going to make money and we're going to design things. I was that kid. And my mom joked about how, you know, she would tell the teacher to give me busy work because that was the only way they could keep me quiet because I'd get done so quickly. Like I master things. I'm like, I got to be on something else. Right. And so for a long time, I was really, really shy after that. Like I took public speaking in college, swore I would never be able to talk in front of a group of people. And then I went in and taught aerobics for years. And, you know, I was telling my husband just yesterday as we were walking, I said, you know, when I used to teach aerobics, the thing I always loved about that was I loved getting the people together and helping them create change. And that energy that you would have in the room when they were having a great time and that experience. And that's kind of what I try to do in the podcast. I try to create that experience that when they come on that show, they walk off and they go, man, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. So I really think summing that all up, it's about finding your purpose. It's about finding out what are you good at? How can you take what you're good at and serve others with that? How can you make a difference with those strengths that you have? You just gotta dig and find them. And sometimes it takes 20 years to figure that out, you know? Yeah. Uh, gosh, that's so true. I can so relate to that. And just the feeling of like what that, that big looming question, what was I created for? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, I can, I can tell you that I've definitely been on that journey and mm -hmm. to find that calling and find that place. It's just like slipping on your, favorite pair of jeans or your favorite comfy sweater or whatever it just fits right I had a so, girl um sorry go ahead go ahead oh I was just gonna say I just know that so many people listening to this are gonna be able to relate and that's just so yeah. good so so good well I will say this I had a girl come on my show Krista Medlock and this was back I want to say early in the year this is when I still had my co-host we were in a different studio and you know, she said, your strengths always find you. So one thing I would say is if you're lost, maybe go back to when you were a child and think about some of the things you enjoyed doing and you were good at. Because a lot of times we come back to our roots. We kind of come back to where we are and we, we navigate away from them because sometimes in my case, some of those strengths may have been things that people deterred you from doing. Maybe they, they told you like, I mean, think about it. If you, if you got, if you were a talker and you got in trouble for talking all the time and everybody was always telling you to stop doing that, you're going to start holding that in. Like you're going to re refrain from doing that. Right. But that may be the gift that you, you need to use to be able to do what you need to do. So I really digging in and soul searching and, go back and think about what are those things that you truly enjoy doing and dig within that because in there is your passion somewhere. And when you can just figure out how to 
take those, like I said a few minutes ago, those strengths and really use that to make a difference, that's where you're going to build the most gratitude. I think that's where you're going to be at peace, where you're going to find that what they call flow and happiness. Yeah. Wow. So good. Nuggets. If you're just like halfway listening to this podcast and you just kind of tuned out, rewind it and go back and listen to what Jennifer just said, because that is golden nuggets right there. Just gosh, so good. So good. Um, so I have a couple questions for you. I want to, I have some shotgun questions, but also one that I feel like, um, we can all relate to, like, how are you or what are you doing to survive at working at home with a husband working at home and kids that are doing school at home and just, you know, everything that we're facing in this new world pandemic situation. Yeah, oh my goodness. It's, it's been a journey for sure. I will tell you what we thought was going to be two weeks to flatten the curve has turned into almost six months now of navigating, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, I, again, I will tell you, you know, the decision part came into this because the first few weeks that we went into this pandemic, I felt, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The only time that I have felt total disparity is when I went into that health crisis, when I was in the middle of that. When the first few weeks of this pandemic set in, that those feelings surfaces surfaced again for me because I felt trapped again. And if you haven't, I'm a solution finder. I'm a problem solver. Like my brain thinks there is always a solution. There's always a solution to everything. You just got to find it. You got to dig in. You got to find it. That first two weeks, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I still can't find a solution to this mess. And my solutions are so deep and, and raw that I just think nobody's even seeing these solutions. Like I think so holistically, I'm like, if we could just solve diabetes and heart disease, we could cure everything. I mean, we can't figure that out, you know, because people can't <laughs> stop eating junk food, you know? Yeah. But, I made a decision after a couple of weeks of that sulking that I, I had to figure this out because I couldn't, again, continue going down that pattern and being miserable like that. So I really just buckled down. And, you know, interestingly, at the time I was, I had a co-host with me, she wanted to stop doing the podcast because this is kind of, we, our visions were very different and she wanted to shut it down. And I, I think about that now, had we shut that down, we still might be shut down today, you know, and, and I look at my podcast and think, look how far it's come in that time. I've recorded like 40 something episodes since that time started. I mean, we're on like episode 76 now, you know, so it really, for me, was just a decision to, to move forward, but I, I, I'm going to make all the fun parts about it now because I'm hiding in the corner of my office right now because we are navigating rooms, you know, Middletown right, came right. home from Southern Arkansas in March and she was here, my youngest was here husband was here and we just made it work we navigated rooms and you know he moved into my office I moved into the dining area and we just set systems in place you know like just now I said I had to be in here to do a show so he went in the other room to eat lunch I came back in my office to work and so we just did it but again I think it goes back to those decisions that you're going to resolve to I think when you make the decision to resolve, you're going to make things work. All of a sudden, the opportunities show up. You, you the the res, you'll get the answers to the questions that you need. Hundred percent. I totally agree with that. It is definitely a, a decision um, for us as well. We had something similar. Our boys are actually finally this week. Yay! Thank you, Lord. Able to go back to school in person. I mean, it, it looks a little differently this right. year, but my boys needed that interaction and that social. Oh, yeah. um, we're in a new school that we started kind of mid-year last year. And so 
um, this has been really hard because we moved here. They didn't really know many people and then we're at home. So right. Then you're locked in your, in your house. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, the internet has allowed them to stay in touch with family and friends that they knew before, but not people here close by. So anyway, so we, you know, we're having to do that as well. But, um, I think that the one thing that we've done is we just made a decision that yes, we're going to comply with the rules and, and follow the rules, but we're not going to let fear overtake us and stop us from living. And I think when I made that decision and that resolve um, was something I embraced, my kids just followed suit. So when I didn't show fear or frustration or whatever, they just, you know, followed yeah. after me. So it was that, that decision. Yeah. 100%. So, um, but yeah, I, I love that you're just like, you just do it. I love yeah. that attitude. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I talk a lot, but I'm a doer. Like I put my actions with my words. If I tell you I'm going to do something, we're doing it. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. We're doing it. So love it. I, I, love I, I it. Love it. All the time because I talk a lot. And people are like, is she really going to do it? I'm like, if I told you we're doing it, we're doing it. We're going. <laughs> I love it. I, I just want to surround myself with people who are doers and embrace the being, but they are, I call it GSD. They get stuff mm -hmm. done. I like it. So yeah. they love it. Um, okay, so here's here's a question that um, I want to ask you. These are my shotgun questions that I ask all of my um, my guests. Who is inspiring you right now? Who is inspiring me right now? Um, a book you're reading, somebody you're you're you know just around that just inspires you to be well right now. Better. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of motivational videos because I don't have a book. Like I'm an avid reader. Like I, on my to-do list every day, the first thing is read or audio because I either read a book or I listen to a motivational video and I don't have a book right now. So I need to go through my, I need to go through my list of recommends and get a new book. I just said that to my husband this morning. I'm like, I need a new book. Um, so right now I would say, because I've been listening to a lot of Tony Robbins videos, like I love his videos like you know like he was i'm not going to say what he said today but he's like you want to take over the island burn the boats <laughs> yes the words burn the boats you know so yeah. I think because i am such an energy person and we talked about this like i feed off energy and i give energy that is i am like that person that when i go and if i need to motivate people like i'm that frontline person that's going to get people fired up so his his stuff just like i listen when i listen to him talk i get excited listening to it so i can put a absolutely five put a five minute video on i'm like charged i'm ready to go for the day we are good yeah tony robbins has that effect on me as well so totally I agree I have a lot of them, Karen. I have a lot of people that influence me like all the time. My guests influence me. Like I love my guests that come on my show. Like I learn something yeah. new every time I bring a guest on the show, every single time. So good. So good. Well, I've been taking notes. I don't know if you've noticed. I keep looking down. I am taking notes. It's I'm like, oh, that's, a, that's a nugget. Oh, that's a nugget. So um, I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, there's a song that uh, the band is called King and Country. And they okay. sing it called Burn the Ships. Mm. And it's about that same, you know, same story, same philosophy. Of, uh, I can't remember who initially said it. It's from history. But basically, they got to a, a point and they couldn't turn back. So the, it was face the battle, burn the ships, and we're just moving forward. Yeah. So, um, love, it. love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, um, okay. So 
we have who's inspiring you. Who do you follow on social media? Oh my gosh, I follow a lot of people. So I follow, I like to follow John Maxwell. I follow my keto coach, Marie Emmerich, because I like to keep up with her. She's amazing, by the way. Haley Berry, Halle Berry has endorsed her cookbooks. She's amazing if you need low carb recipes. Um, but yeah, I follow a lot of the, you know, the, I'm trying to think who else I've got in there that there's somebody else. I love to follow Gary V. I love to watch his stuff. And just because he's so raw and I'm such a, a kind of a raw person myself. Like I can really get inspired by that. No sugar coating. Let's just call it what it is. But listen, yes. we're not going to get hung up on stuff forever. Like we're going to call it what it is. We're going to absorb it. We're going to suck it up. We're going to figure out how to make it different, you know? So <laughs> I follow him. I like, I like his stuff and um, trying to think of, I like Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. A lot of the really just raw, the cut to the chase kind of people. Cool. 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 Um, and do you prefer Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook? What's your favorite social media? Well, it used to be Facebook until it went all political. <laughs> so I've kind of been moving. I, I'm doing all of them, LinkedIn, all of them, but they're so very different. So I would say right now Instagram because I'm getting to be a little creative, which I really, that's where I thrive. And so I'm kind of having fun navigating the creativity part of that. That's the reason I love podcasts is, you know, my, my guy that does my edits messaged me one day and he's like, who's doing your thumbnails on your thing? I'm like, those are mine, by the way. I do them. I love being creative. So I'm having a little bit fun with the Instagram, but I think LinkedIn is really good too for, for really networking on the business side of things, getting your word out there in a different group of people. You know, if you're trying to get yeah. those business minded, it's a great place for that too. But I probably have to go with Instagram right now. Yeah, good stuff. Um, what, here's my final question. What resource is saving your biscuits right now? Just saving your business, saving your personal life, what resource, and it could be anything, an app, a book, a movie, a podcast, uh, whatever. I want to say my to-do list. That's what I want to say, my to-do list. I don't even, that's not, a, I mean, that could be people Good buy, stuff. I guess, a, a, a spiral notebook, maybe the spiral notebook, because I live off a to-do list every day, and it's one of my number one things I talk about when I coach to be successful, because I firmly believe what gets written down gets done. If it's written, it gets done. It may not get done today, but it will get done, and so... I do a to-do list every day before I go to bed. If I don't have it done before I go to bed, that's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning because it sets my day. Instead, and that way I don't miss anything, but also it keeps me from allowing my day to control me. Like mm -hmm. I have control of my day. So, so, so good. <laughs> and a pen. Okay, for everybody listening, no excuses, a simple piece of paper, spiral notebook. Get a pin. Yeah. If it's saving Jennifer's life, you can do it too, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it makes a difference. It's like the one thing that every day is pretty much consistent. I think that's probably key too, is that you're doing it every day. It's, mm -hmm. it's a habit. It's something that just you're consistent right. with. And whatever your resource is, be consistent with it, I think is the, the biggest key. If it's working. If it's not working, you know change it out of course yeah so where i'm gonna put this in our our notes but where can people find you where's the best place to connect with you they can either go to my website which is jennifer loading and it's l-o-e-h-d-i-n-g 
jenniferlopez.com. That's my main website. Podcast is linked to that. Podcast is articles, but it's all linked to the Jennifer Loading. And then, of course, I'm in, you know, Facebook. We're on YouTube and then um, Instagram and LinkedIn. Most of it's under Jennifer Loading. So if you pull it up, you're going to find me. I mean, I'm not hard to find. And then um, I do have also pages for starter girls and all of them, too. So so either one. Perfect. You can perfect, perfect. Well, um, I know that you do coaching and are you taking new clients now? Yeah, I am. What is your ideal client? Oh goodness. My ideal client. I I coach really. I, I say the only, the only criteria I'm looking for is the person that has the mentality that they're going to get through what they need to get through. They're committed. That's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for the worker. I'm looking for the person who is committed because one of the things when I bring clients in all the time, you know, they'll ask me like, can they do a session or can they do a bulk session? And I do either. I'll do all a card or I do bulk. I give incentive for doing bulk. And the reason I do that, because I think of coaching your brain, just like coaching your body. If you go into the gym one time, you're not really going to see any results here. There's no way this stuff is going to stick. Right. In order to create habits, you've got to have time to do this and develop this. You've got to have accountability and you've got to have somebody cheering for you and on the sidelines, you know, with you there. And so the idea of that is that my, if I can get in your space for a period of time, then I know that I can help you create something. And if you think of it like CPR, you may not remember everything, but you're going to remember something. Something's going to stick. And that's what I aim to do is really teach them things that they can keep going with. So ideally, I take really anybody in. I just want them to be in the mindset that if I want to win at whatever it is I'm doing, I don't know what that is, whether it's a health goal, a business goal, maybe it's just they don't know what their purpose is, whatever that is. I coach really the same material because once we master the material we can win at all these areas like every every bit of it so it's really just come into that with that space of i want to win i'm going to help you win that that's what i'm going to do i'm, I'm going to help you win at whatever it is you want to win at that's so good so good well i can't think of a better cheerleader or someone in my corner that I would want um, than you. I think you're amazing. And I'm so, so appreciative that you agreed to come on today and just share your awesomeness with with my little circle of the world. And I just can't wait to promote and share what what you've shared with us today with my tribe. I call them a tribe because I feel like we are just this family and it's family I've chosen. So those are my tribe of rock movers. So thank you for moving rocks for me today, for my tribe, and for everyone that just happens to run across, which we all know that there's no happenstance. There's a reason you came across this podcast today and this story. So connect with Jennifer, learn more about how she can partner with you, um, grab her book, check out her podcast, Starter Girls, and that's girls with a Z. And um, just embrace all that she has to teach because she is, I told her this the other day, the bomb.com. She is just amazing. So thank you so, so much to her for, for being on today. And um, this is Fangirl Friday is when I post these. So today it's no secret. I'm officially your fan. So thank you so much. You. Thank you, Karen. I don't want to end the movie, I want to stop.